decisions for me.
He ripped his clothes in dismay. Go and pray to God for me and for this people, for all Judah. Find out what we must do in response to what is written in this book that has just been found. God's anger must be burning furiously against us. Our ancestors haven't obeyed a thing written in this book, followed none of the instructions directed to us. I want to talk to you for a few minutes this morning in this worship from the subject, the transforming power of the word. The transforming power of the word. If ever there was a time when the church needed transformative power, it is now. This is particularly true of African-American churches that are committed to the social justice ministry of Jesus. Jesus said that he came to preach liberation to the captive, to preach good news to the poor, to 
open the eyes of the blind and declare that this is God's time to act. If we are Jesus' disciples, then no less can be expected of us in our representation of Christ to an America that is increasingly detached from him. America is toxic with the spiritual poisons of shamelessness, selfishness, vengefulness, and violence. We are sorely lacking in commitment to live by the word of God. Love one another as I have loved you. Do to others as you would have them do to you. Deny self, take up your cross, and follow me. Get the plank out of your own eye before you worry about the speck in your neighbor's eye. And it's the responsibility of the church to confront and convince others of their need to live by the word. We must lead the way. And for us to lead the way, a spiritual transformation has to take place in us that will cause us to be instrumental in a spiritual reformation in the world. Paul says to us in Romans 12, don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you. God develops well-formed maturity in you. This is a description of the spiritual transformation that takes place when we allow our hearts to be saturated by the word of God. And when we have been so transformed, it will lead to the spiritual reformation that our times desperately need. Well, why are we not already saturated with the word of God? It's a good question. I'm glad you asked. There's several answers to that question. First, there's a flagging interest in learning how to be doers of the word. You know, even before this pandemic, church attendance among African-Americans was at an all-time low. And those of us who did attend worship, your knowledge of scripture was minuscule at best. Almost two-thirds of American Christians say that the Bible teaches that God wants us to be rich. It does not. Nearly one in five say that naming and claiming is God's will for us. It is not. 
but rather than expose ourselves to actual study and intelligent discussion of the scripture so that we might learn how to apply it in our daily living, we are content to remain in the dark and out of touch with what God reveals to us about himself and his word. Then we resist being saturated with the word because the word challenges us to make better choices. A better choice is to let our light so shine before men and women that they will see our good work and give glory to our Father in heaven. A better choice is to love one another as Christ loved us. A better choice is to seek first the kingdom of God and its righteousness, knowing that all other things will be added to us as well. A better choice is to give back to God in proportion to how God has given to us. A better choice is to forgive others with the same forgiveness we have received from Christ. A better choice is to feed the hungry and clothe the naked and visit the imprisoned and the infirmed. A better choice is to learn to live at peace with all people. God's word is given to draw us closer to him as it reveals more of him to us. The more we know about him, the more we are transformed by him. And the more he works transformation in our lives, the more emboldened we are to be to work reform in the world he has entrusted into our care. Our text today centers on the decision of a somewhat obscure king of Judah and how his choice served for the betterment of the people he was charged to lead. Josiah's reign began in 640 B.C. when he was only eight years old. Josiah didn't live a long life. He died at the age of 39. But in the 31 years that he served as Judah's king, he made a powerful impact for God's people because he was transformed by the word. And he was courageous enough to press his people to accept spiritual reform. Josiah's story is told in 2 Kings 22, where we are preaching from today, and also in 2 Chronicles chapter 34. He was the son of Ammon and the grandson of Manasseh, two of the most evil kings in Judah's history. But the Bible says that from the time that Josiah took over the throne, he was of a different spirit from his father and grandfather. Even before he made the discovery of the scripture that's featured in our text, it is said of Josiah, he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. At the age of 16, he began to worship Yahweh. At 20, he purged Judah of all the semblances of idol worship. At 26, he rid Judah of all idol worship and restored the true worship of God. 
The chronicler says that as long as Josiah lived, he ensured that his people followed the way of the Lord. So how do we account for the depth of Josiah's devotion? Well, the Bible doesn't say so explicitly, but we can certainly speculate that Josiah was positively influenced by having a spiritual mother. Josiah's mother was named Jedediah, which means delight of the Lord. And it reminds us that in order to be the delight of the Lord, then we must rise up to the challenge of keeping our children in the right spiritual mind. The writer of Proverbs says that the prayers of honest people delight him. Jeremiah says that the Lord delights in those that know him and understand him. And our desire should be to not only delight in the Lord, but to know that the Lord is delighted in us. Josiah sought the Lord even before his wonderful discovery of the Word of God. In fact, the discovery that transformed Josiah's life was the result of his desire to do the right thing by the house of God. God's temple had fallen into disrepair, and he decided that he would restore the temple to its former glory. He gave orders that the money that had been collected for the Lord's house be put to use, that the temple receive a complete renovation. And it was as this process of restoration was going on that Hilkiah, the high priest, discovered the book of the law which had been lost. He gave it to Shaphan, the king's secretary, who in turn gave it to Josiah. Now, I don't want you to miss this point. The book of the law, the word of God, was lost in God's temple. It had not been seen in God's temple. It had not been read in God's temple. It had not been referred to in God's temple. As high priest, Hilkiah was the person responsible for reading the word and interpreting it to the people, but he didn't know where the word of the Lord was. For his report to Shaphan was, look what we found while we were renovating the temple. My brothers and sisters, it's a sad thing when the word of God is not relevant even in the temple of the Lord. And yet, before we get too upset with Hilkiah, we need to ask ourselves today, is God's word relevant in this temple? What temple are you talking about, preacher? I'm talking about your temple. You do know that you are your own temple, don't you? Paul says that our bodies are the temples of the Holy Spirit. 
who is in us because we have received him from the divine parent. And since this is so, it's important that we be sure that God's word is relevant in our daily living. Hearts that harbor hatred toward others are hearts where the word of God is lost in the temple. Hearts that are selfish and stingy toward the worship of God and the service of one another are hearts where the word of God is lost in the temple. And I said this at 8 o'clock this morning. It's seldom a case of us not knowing. It's usually a matter of us not wanting to do what we know. But when God's word transforms us, then we can't be satisfied until his word is at the forefront of our hearts and no longer lost in our temples. In the 18th year of his reign, at the age of 26, Josiah led a renovation of God's temple, which led to a rediscovery of God's word. Hilkiah gave it to Shaphan, and Shaphan gave it to Josiah. And when Josiah read God's word, it was a transforming moment in his life. The Bible says that Josiah tore his robes to show his grief. He knew that despite his best efforts, neither he nor his people were living according to God's word. But rather than feel sorry for himself, Josiah used this moment of transformation to be the impetus for a reformation of God's people. He went up to the Lord's temple with all the men of Judah, the people of Jerusalem, and the priests and the prophets. He read in their hearing the book of the covenant. He stood by the pillar and renewed the covenant in the presence of God. He pledged to follow God and to keep his commandments with all his heart and soul. And the people pledged to do the same. But Josiah didn't stop there. He also ordered the destruction of all items that had been devoted to idol worship. He expelled idol-worshiping priests and destroyed idol shrines. He reformed the people so much that it didn't stop at the borders of his own nation. But he also led a reform in the remnant of Judah's sister nation, Israel. Because of the power of God's word to transform, Josiah devoted the remainder of his life to the spiritual reformation of God's people. And as a result of his transformation, God made Josiah a promise. Because your heart was tender and because you made yourself low in my sight and because you tore your royal robes and wept in my presence, 
I have heard you. And no matter what happened to the others, I will honor you and make sure that you will be buried in peace. Well, as I hurry on toward a close, someone may be asking, what good did it do? God's word may have transformed Josiah, and he may have led a spiritual reform among his people, but Judah was still destroyed. So I want to know what good did it do? And it's true that Josiah's reformation didn't save everybody, but it did save somebody. And my brothers and sisters, sometimes saving somebody is the best that we can do. When you think about it, it's the work that we have been called to do. Telling folk about Jesus won't save everybody, but it'll save somebody. Telling people that he's a heart fixer and a burden bearer and a mind regulator won't save everybody, but it'll save somebody. Telling people that Jesus is bread when you're hungry and water in dry places won't save everybody, but it'll save somebody. Telling people that he was wounded for our transgressions and he was bruised for our iniquity and the chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed won't save everybody but it'll save somebody telling folk that God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but will have everlasting life won't save everybody but it'll save somebody and my job is not to worry about everybody but my job is to share Jesus everywhere I go and let Jesus touch somebody. I don't know about you, but I'm glad that I know he touched me. He caused a transformation in my life. He picked me up and he turned me around. He planted my feet on a solid foundation. And my testimony is that I have been redeemed. I've been bought with a price. And so with my whole heart, with all the time that I have left, I just want to tell everybody I can who Jesus is. He's a mother to the motherless. He's a father to the fatherless. He's my door opener. He's my way maker. 
He's my heart fixer. He's my mind regulator. He's joy in sorrow. He dries the tears from my eyes. He turns the darkness of midnight into the light of noonday. May not change everybody, but it'll touch somebody. Somebody will fall at his feet. Somebody will say, Father, I stretch my hand to thee. Somebody, 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 somebody will say, Jesus, 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 Jesus is my savior jesus is my god jesus is my portion jesus is my help jesus is my strength jesus is my joy jesus is my peace jesus 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 yeah 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 Yeah!